We have an exciting partnership to announce before we get into today's Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt has been asked to join Reads Across America Radio, a 24-7 internet radio station where you can listen to veteran stories 24-7. Uh, you can find that on the iHeartRadio app. You can also find it on their website, readsacrossamerica.org. The Scuttlebutt will be featured Friday nights at 9 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. If you don't know anything about Reads Across America, they're an incredible organization, all dedicated to honoring veterans uh, and, and those who uh, gave all in service to our country. Check out the Scuttlebutt on their radio station and all the other programs that they have on their 24-7 radio station, again, on iHeartRadio app or readsacrossamerica.org. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Scuttlebutt. I'm your host, Sean Hall, Director of Programming with the Veterans Breakfast Club. We're a nonprofit in Western PA whose mission is to create communities of listening around veterans and their stories to connect, educate, heal, and inspire. Please check us out at veteransbreakfastclub.org for all of the programs that we offer and all of the upcoming events that we have in store. Um, today's program of the scuttlebutt is focused on OBTT, or off-base transition training. Uh, you may have watched a previous scuttlebutt episode about the TAPS program, tra Transition Assistance Program. This one is uh, an extension of that. There are currently five states in total that are offering the OBTT program in person. You can get the programs, the workshops, virtually anywhere. And this program is for free. I want to hit that home. This program is for free. Well, I have two representatives of the OBTT program joining me today. First is Pam Langley. She did 11 years in the Navy, then six years in the Army National Guard. Then she did 16 more years in the Army Reserves. And I have at the local level here in the Pittsburgh region, Marlene Shishowski, uh, who works with the OBTT program here in the Pittsburgh region in Allegheny County. Um, we're going to talk everything uh, OBTT, the workshops that are provided, what is involved in the workshops, how you get involved, uh, how you uh, transition from the TAPS program into the OBTT program, uh, all of it. So I hope that it is an educational hour for those servicemen and women who are transitioning, but not only just them, it is also available uh, for uh, guard and reservists and their spouses. So if you're looking for employment and you're kind of not sure where to go or you're having trouble with your resume or you're not really good at interviewing or you need help with your LinkedIn profile, uh, OBTT is there to help. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Please like, share, subscribe, and ring the bell on YouTube so you're the first to know whenever we release new episodes. And you can always reach out to me, Sean, S-H-A-U-N at veteransbreakfastclub.org with any questions. And I'd be happy to pass you on to Marlene if you have any questions for her. Um, we go through a bit of uh, how to register for each one of these workshops. So we do a little bit of screen share here on the Zoom app. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, we'll walk you through it in the audio side. If you need to have the visual element, check over, check us out on the YouTube side uh, for that segment, uh, just to kind of see what their website is. It's very user-friendly. Um, and so we just walk through how to get into the registration. Thank you again so much and enjoy the show. Pam, Marlene, I'm so excited to have you both here, a part of the Scuttlebutt, to talk OBTT. We're going to dive into all things OBTT here in just a little bit, uh, but I would love for both of you to introduce yourselves. Welcome to the program. Pam, thanks so much for joining us. Certainly. Thank you. It's great to be here. Hello, everybody. Um, I My name is Pam Langley. I work at the uh, Department of Labor Veterans Employment and Training Service, I've been a member of Veterans Employment and Training Service, or VETS, as we call it, uh, since 1995, after I transitioned from the Navy. I spent 11 years in active duty Navy, then six years in the Army National Guard in Idaho, and then another uh, 16 years in the Army Reserve. So I've uh, done a lot of service. I've done the part-time thing. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed all my military service, which is why I continue to want to serve veterans and why I've stayed with vets as an agency. You know, a little tidbit, too, is that I come from a background of uh, military members. My father uh, retired from the military. And my brother uh, recently retired from the military. So we truly believe in uh, military service and veterans. And that's what VETS has allowed me to do. So it's wonderful to be here talking about OBTT uh, when we're ready to get into that. Excellent. Thank you, Pam. Marlene, uh, you and I, you're here in Pittsburgh with, uh, with me. Uh, so it's great to see you again. Thanks for joining the Scuttlebutt. Thank you for having us. This is this is a wonderful opportunity for us to get the information out to those that really need it. Um, I'm actually originally from Pittsburgh and I joined the Navy uh, directly after high school. 
and I did 23 years of active duty service. And I retired about a year and a half ago when I walked right into this job serving veterans. Um, it couldn't be more of an honor. I've been deployed to Bahrain, um, Qatar, different places there. I originally joined to be a, a diesel mechanic of all things. And then as time progressed and I got more and more involved with sailors and um, taking care of sailors, being in, leading sailors, I realized that people were my passion and providing opportunities and um, to them and making sure that they were aware of the opportunities afforded to them was really where I wanted to, what I wanted to do with my career. So I changed my job from an um, engineer, a diesel mechanic to a Navy career counselor where my primary responsibility was the, the professional and personal development of my sailors. So um, now that I got out, I retired basically full circle. I um, enlisted out of Pittsburgh MEPS right downtown in the federal building. And my last tour of duty was actually NTAG Pittsburgh in the federal building. I retired in the same building I enlisted 23 years prior. And I was lucky enough to find this opportunity to become the employment resource coordinator for OBTT. I work for Serco, which is the contractor for DOL. And we're specifically out here locally in our communities sharing this OBTT program with the veterans that need it the most. That's awesome. So in the room, we have like 56 total years of service, which <laughs> is pretty excellent um, and exciting. Uh, let's let's dive into this a little bit before we get to OBTT. Pam, uh, you started in 1983 in the Navy. Why did you, you came from a military family, so I'm, I'm assuming that the military wasn't foreign to, to you. Um, but why did you decide to go Navy and what did your parents think? You know what? That's a great question. So um, I decided to go Navy because I was looking, actually, I was, I had just started college. I couldn't afford to go longer. I had been there about a year and a half. Um, and so I thought, oh, well, you know, I come from a military family. Let me see how I could further my education by joining the military. Mm -hmm. So I just happened into the Navy recruiting station first. I mean, honestly, I didn't know anything about the Navy. I grew up in the Army. Um, and so I, you know, talked with a recruiter, did, you know, all the stuff that you do and entrance testing and all that. And then I thought, oh, I could do this. I could, I could go into the mil military and finish my um uh, studies and, and, you know, do everything that I wanted to and see a little bit of the world. Right. Yeah. We had always been in the United States. I hadn't traveled throughout, throughout the world. So I thought, Oh, that's a great opportunity. I went home that same day and I talked with my mom and dad, set them down. And my dad said, look, if you're telling me you're enlisting in the army, you cannot do that. The mm -hmm. army is not for you. So, and he was from the army. And yeah. so I said, well, no, I'm looking into the Navy. And he goes, oh, that's perfect. That's wonderful. You'll, the, the Navy is the place where you need to go. And so that's how I found the Navy and the Navy found me. What was your job in the Navy? Um, I started out as a uh, aviation storekeeper. Um, I actually originally enlisted to go into electronics but I had to wait a year for that school. Mm. Uh, they didn't have as many billets. And so I thought, I'm just spinning my wheels now. I can't mm. go to school and I, you know, I'm in the middle. So I thought, well, let me see what else. So the recruiter uh, got me, talked me into uh, aviation supply and it was great. I loved it. My first duty station was Hawaii. Um, I spent three and a half years there. It was just, it was so different from the army and from, you know, growing up a dependent in the military. And um, so, yeah, so I, I, I mean, it turned out to be really good. And after I had been in supply for a while, I thought, well, you know, I'd like to do something different, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, they had some uh, opportunities for uh, getting into different you know, types of military, of uh, uh, rates in the mm -hmm. Navy and uh, intelligence specialists. I thought, I, I, I think I could do that. And of course they travel a lot more. Um, so I, I went into intelligence specialist and I became an imagery interpreter. And that's what mm -hmm. I did for the rest of my time in the Navy. I loved it. Went, 
to a lot of different places, the Azores. I was with P3 aircraft. We went to the North Pole. Um, and then I spent the last three and a half years in South America on embassy duty. So it was just, I can't say enough about all the experiences the Navy provided to me. When you decided to, to uh, leave the Navy, you went into the National Guard for the Army. Uh, was that an interesting transition to go from Navy to Army? Uh, and, you know, was your was your father still around at that point? Did he did he have, a, you know, any thoughts on you then transitioning to the Army? Right. Um, well, my father wasn't around at that time. I actually lost my mom and dad really uh, soon after I went into the Navy, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But um, but when I got out, I was <laughs> in uh, Idaho is where I was transitioning to. And so um, I looked at what was available. I didn't want to have a break in service. Um, I wanted to continue my service. And so uh, the Navy uh, Reserve in Idaho, as you can imagine, is not really big. And they were they had too many people in the reserve. So I said, well, you know, I grew up in the Army. I can I can do the army thing, right? I, you know, as a kid, you think you know everything about the military when you're <laughs> living it. Um, and so I, I immediately enlisted in the army, I mean, in the army national guard, um, they put me back into an aviation uh, supply position mm -hmm. uh, because they had that available. And, um, you know, I went through all the, I had to start from the ground level to go through the leadership schools, but you know what, it's really very similar. It's the jargon that you have to relearn Yeah. because you don't call the same things, the same things, <laughs> you know, between the Navy and the army and, and the other services. So I think that was the hardest thing to, to learn. And, you know, the Navy, you get on a ship, everything's there. The army, if you don't have it on your back, you probably don't have it mm -hmm. where you're going. So, you know, but I enjoyed it. I I really have enjoyed my military service. Excellent. Um, and, and so when you transitioned out of the Navy, you also started working for the Department of Labor at that time. Is that correct? That's correct. I did. Uh, so about a, mm -hmm. so what, what, uh, what drove you to... Uh, start with start with the Department of Labor. Why did you decide even at that point that, that you weren't to be passionate about helping people transition, helping veterans? Well, I what happened was I fell into a job that I really enjoyed. Um, I got to attend like, you know, you had talked about transition assistance program TAP. Yeah. Um, so I went to like a couple of hours of TAP because I was transitioning from overseas. They just sent me to a a, a installation in uh, Florida and you know it was quick I had like a week there and so the part that I got to see of TAP talked about what's available locally resources for veterans who are looking for employment and of course I had to have a job mm -hmm. and so what they talked about was the American Job Center and um, the assistance veterans helping veterans because there are people at American Job Centers who are veterans themselves, uh, disabled veteran outreach program specialists and local veterans employment representatives. And so I went, when I went to Idaho, I went directly to them and I said, hey, I don't know what I wanna do. Well, you know, I've done these things in the military. Um, can you help me? And they, I got two different jobs, um, one job immediately, and then that job kind of fizzled out, and I really didn't enjoy what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I found another job working with that individual. And then that individual said, hey, you know, there's a federal job that's open. You might want to consider looking into federal employment. And he talked about all the benefits of being prior military and then uh, going into federal government. And I said, oh, yeah, let's let's do that. And so I applied and I was selected. And it was just the perfect match. That's great. Marlene, uh, you, ch you chatted a bit about uh, your service history. Um, why did you decide to go Navy? It was in 1999 that you went in? It was, yes. Mm -hmm. I joined uh, oh. January 1999. And I, I've i always been a kind of person that was looking for something more, like a purpose, maybe. Mm -hmm. 
and, and I didn't feel like I was going to find it in college. Um, what I was going to find in college probably wasn't going to be productive. So I just knew at the time that that wasn't a right fit for me. And um, I didn't want to pay for college if I wasn't going to, you know, use it to its full potential. So I kind of took the military as maybe a, a stepping stone to figure out what I wanted to do. And then they offered me college money. So I was like, this is the greatest opportunity. I get to travel the world. I get to find my purpose and I get my college paid for when I'm ready. And so that's kind of why I joined. Uh, now we're going to, we're going to flash forward um, just for sake of time. Um, but flash forward near to the end when you transitioned out, because I feel like a lot of what OBTT is, it's, it's all about off-base transition training. So your transition out of the Navy 23 years later, uh, what was that transition like for you? Why did you decide that, that veterans were what you wanted uh, to focus your career on? So while I was on active duty and I was put into a lot of positions, I deployed a lot of places. I was stationed in La Maddalena, Italy for years. Um, it was my first duty station being very young. And even early on, I knew that I had a passion for opportunity. And then when I would find out, even being a young sailor, I would find an opportunity, something that was there for us. I would tell people about it. And that was just always my thing. And then as I grew in the ranks and I became a leader and I could start sharing it with more and more sailors, I shifted my job to being a Navy counselor. And my primary responsibility was helping them transition to whatever it was they were going to do, whether it was stay on active duty, to go into the reserve, to separate from active duty. And I, and I guided them through that process. Um, and I had a passion for making sure that they were afforded the opportunities to, to, to do so. The, um, and then, so when I separated, it was kind of a different side of the table because now I needed to do it. And I, I'm now at this point in my career in a remote location away from a military facility. I'm not on base. I'm in Pittsburgh. There's not a large um, you know, active duty or, um, facility available to me to go to get help or resources. So I had to do everything kind of remotely. And then I had to reach out to my community here in Allegheny County to, to help me find that transition, to help me find the way. And, and luckily here in Allegheny County, we have so many resources available to veterans that we're not, we don't even know. Like as a veteran myself, I didn't know they existed. Mm -hmm. So uh, one resource was Veterans Leadership Program. I, I went and worked with them for a while. Um, I actually did SkillBridge, which is another program that allows um, transitioning service member to kind of do an internship with, with different organizations. So I did SkillBridge and um, I was working with them and, and they work hand in hand with veterans. All the veterans needs from homeless to help finding jobs, resume writing, to you know um, financial situations. They have a wealth of resources. And so I was like, this is a great place to start because it's kind of, I still get to do what I'm so passionate about and I still get to work with my people. You know, yeah. I come from, I'm a service woman and that is where I belong. And so I felt like that was home. I went there, I worked with them for a while. And then this opportunity for OBTT came across their um, career development office. And they knew what I did on active duty. They knew what I was passionate about. And they said, hey, you might wanna check into this. And so I did, I applied and within a month I was hired and I was out on the streets of Pittsburgh selling the program to whoever wanted to take it. Like um, just preaching, you know, just telling everybody about this wonderful opportunity that's new and never existed before. It's a great segue. Um, I, have, I have so many more questions just simply <laughs> about your service. Uh, I'm sorry we won't be able to get to them today, but uh, great segue to OBTT. Uh, when did this start? There was a 2021 law. How did OBTT come into being and, and what was the genesis of it? Well, and, and that's another great question. So in 2021, you know, they passed public law 116.315, which is, you know, a number doesn't mean anything to most people, but basically it led to the OBTT uh, program, but it was based on a previous pilot that had happened 2013 to 2015, also called OBTT. And what we found during that first pilot, we um, piloted current TAP curriculum, uh, which was three days of instruction mm -hmm. at that time. And we found that veterans 
don't really have three full days to take a class to find out what they want to do or change jobs. And so this second opportunity came about in 2021. And so we took our TAP curriculum at that time, which had been changed to one day plus two days on employment. And we pulled out the major topics, you know, the major topics on like how to find what you want to do, you know, how to determine your knowledge, skills, and values, and use those in a career, you know, how to connect up with, uh, you know, through networking or using social media. And we took those into two-hour bite-sized segments and created curriculum based on TAP, but that has the, uh, the, the thoughts of what a veteran needs and they're in smaller snippets so that that veteran or spouse or National Guard or reservist can take, you know, two hours at a time and really focus on the one thing they want to focus on at that one time. Okay, so we we mentioned uh, TAP a couple times and we've had a previous episode of the Scuttlebutt talking really specifically about the TAP program. That program shifted a lot over the last several decades, and I'm sure, Pam, that your TAP experience was quite different than Marlene's TAP experience. Did it, so does OBTT, does, does it work in conjunction with TAP? Is it the extension of TAP? Once you get through that in the military, then you could move into OBTT when you fully transition out. How does that work? Well, it is, I would put it exactly that way. It's an extension of what is taught in TAP because right now TAP is one day of like fundamentals and then two days of an employment workshop. And they really go, you know, that that equates to like 12 hours of instruction. And we have 10, we have actually 11 modules right now. That's 22 hours of instruction, but they're all based on that TAP experience. Mm -hmm. And so, and with the um, additional focus on what a veteran is looking for um, and where they are at different stages in their life. So it's definitely an extension. Um, and we've had veterans attend. I mean, we've had transitioning service members attend our OBTT workshops and say, oh, this is just what I needed. I needed, you know, just two hours on just this one subject because I didn't quite get it in the amount that was allotted for TAP. Well, and I think that's one of the maybe the, the bigger criticisms I hear from our veterans about their experience transitioning out of the military is that they're just, there's so much to learn. You're not just leaving a, a culture that you have been with for, you know, X number of years and then sort of transitioning to a, a, a you know, civilian life that is very much every man for himself, every woman for themselves, you know? So, you know, there, how much can you retain in that time with TAPS and and also like get your life together as you're as you're transitioning. So you know having OBTT uh, for someone who is now recently maybe transitioned out and is like, I need I need a refresher. I need to like learn a bit more about what my what my next goal is, what my direction is. Is mm -hmm. that sort of what the the goal of OBTT is? Is to give them that give them those extra tools in their in their toolbox. Right. And that is one of the goals is to give those extra tools, that additional clarity that comes, you know, after when you're transitioning, oh my gosh, you don't even have to think about what you're going to do after you transition. You have to think about everything you have to do in order to be ready to separate from the military mm -hmm. or retire from the military. You're moving your, you know, household goods, you're moving out of on-base housing, or maybe you're moving from one house to another house. It's, there's just too much uh, competing priorities, right? Mm -hmm. And so TAP is a great, I mean, OBTT is a great extension on that opportunity. And also it's for those, you know, older veterans who, you know, 10 years ago, there was no TAP required. Mm -hmm. uh, there was TAP available, but it wasn't required. And so a lot of people didn't have the opportunity to go through TAP. And they're now looking for, you know, a different career. Maybe their um, their uh, disabilities impact their ability to do their current job. And they're looking for something that will replace that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, it's just, it's, there's a lot of different competing reasons for uh, such a great, what I would consider a great training opportunity. Marlene, in your transition, you said you got into Pittsburgh, you went through a veterans leadership program, got an internship, but how does OBTT differ from what something like VLP offers and and where does it excel? So OBTT really is a complement to the existing programs through some of these other organizations. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the purpose of me and my, the other ERCs that I work with, why we are stationed in different locations throughout the country. So we could work with the community, connect and network with these other organizations like VLP, Veterans Place, the VA, like all these other organizations, along with some of our local colleges that are supporting our workshops. And then what we do is, is we can offset what they don't offer. And and then we can send our veterans that need more to them with something that they do offer. Mm -hmm. And our local organizations, Pittsburgh is amazing. Um, Allegheny County, when I started reaching out to different organizations, they're all opening their doors to host these workshops. The workshops are free of cost to veterans. It's they're free to host and they're, and we want to make them available across the entire county. So the organizations we have here from Point Park to CCAC, Robert Morris, um, the Goodwill in Lawrenceville has a beautiful facility. They let us use their spaces. They're all looking to open their doors, welcome veterans in for, for a, you know, a two-hour workshop, two or three workshops at that. You know? So we do them regularly. And, um, and I think it's a very nice complement to what's already here and available to our veterans. And, it, and ultimately, we're, we're trying to pull the resources together. Because like I said, when I got out, I didn't know the available resources in, mm-hmm. in Allegheny County and where I could go. And so we're really trying to make this something that they can get something from us and then we can provide um, them references and resources to other, other organizations that can assist them with additional needs. So before we get into, it's 10 separate two-hour workshops available mm-hmm. both in person and there are some online components. We'll get to all of, all of that information in just a minute. Uh, but first, OBTT is—is uh, is it for anybody transitioned out of the the military? Uh, you know, reservists, National Guard. Is it open to spouses? It is. It's open to spouses, National Guard, and reservists, um, and of course, veterans and currently transitioning service members. It doesn't replace their requirement to attend TAP, but it does add value to what mm-hmm. they've already learned in TAP. Now, someone that may be listening to this podcast in, say, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico, there are uh, you know certain cities currently that OBTT is sort of deployed in, um, and it's five different states at this point. And what are what are the states that are are currently utilizing OBTT? Right, we're uh, in California, Texas, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts right now, but we also have virtual options. Okay. And anybody can register virtually, no matter where you're located. That's great. Is is there an is there a goal to expand uh, in person as well into different cities? Well, there's a goal and a legislative requirement. Okay. We have to expand to a minimum of 20 states by 2026. Okay. So right now we're in five states. This year we're going to add about five more states. And then, of course, we'll get up to those 20 uh, states minimum and maybe even further. It's always dependent on funding. And is there a reason those first five states were selected? Is it just the uh, the census data of where most veterans are, are concentrated? Well, actually, we, we looked at Bureau of Labor Statistics, for where veterans are located. And then we also identified usage of UCX benefits, which is unemployment compensation for ex-service members. So that's for transitioning service members after they become veterans. If they can't find a job, they're eligible for um, unemployment benefits. So we looked at those two components and that's what we're basing expansion on too. Great. Uh, now let's get a, a bit into the workshops here. Which, what are the workshops, and uh, you know, let's let's break them down each one. What are they? What's available? Sure. So there's a, what we call your next move. 
Um, and basically that's uh, exploring what your interests are. There's some interest profiling, there's some skills matching, um, and it's really just designed to give you the basic tools if you have no idea what you want to do hmm. or you want to do something entirely different. It's that kind of workshop, just that big picture, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Um, and then we have marketing yourself and other job search topic uh, tactics. And that's those proven tactics on how to market yourself, how to get noticed, how to get hired, uh, those things you need to think about when you're looking, when you're looking to market yourself to get that job. We have uh, two resume courses. One is a basic uh, resume, understanding resume essentials. And that's really big picture. Here's what you need to think about, um, the, the elements of what go on a resume, how you find you know, the information to put in that resume. And then we have a two-hour creating your resume. It's like a writing workshop. And that's really where you go into and really write that resume. A question uh, about yeah. those two real quick, if I may sure. interrupt. Uh, mm -hmm. So that might be probably, I would think, uh, for a veteran, that might be more, one of the more difficult things to do is say, I'm going to take all of this military jargon that I have done, my job responsibilities of, you know, being an intelligence or, um, mm -hmm. or Marlene, what did you say, being a diesel mechanic? Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to take all of, all of these uh, skills and I have to translate them into real world, you know, civilian uh, speak. Right. So that somebody reading this resume doesn't, you know, think, well, what, 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 what are you, what are you actually doing? So, is that kind of what those workshops help them to do to take those and translate them? That is in the that basic, the understanding resume essentials. We do talk about translating that military jargon into civilianese, mm -hmm. right? How to, you know, what what uh, how you can compare what you did in the military to a related occupation um, or related terminology in the civilian world. Um, okay, and then moving on, it's, uh, interview skills would be next? Yep, we have interview skills. That's exactly what it is. How to practice interviewing, what you need to think about when you're interviewing, and try to build that confidence with interviewing, because it's all about the confidence when you're talking about an interview. Mm -hmm. um, then we also have a federal hiring, which is very popular, uh, just because the benefits that you get in federal uh, jobs and most state jobs too, um, you know, they translate well if you've been a military member. And then we have two courses on LinkedIn. One is how to develop that profile. Um, and then also the other one is LinkedIn, using LinkedIn for job search. And that is specifically, uh, we talk about how you can use it. We kind of pull back the curtain on how recruiters use uh, LinkedIn to find potential employees. So it's really that, you know, big picture kind of thing about here's really what you want to do because this is what recruiters are looking for in LinkedIn. And then we have salary negotiations. That's what it is. You know, once you have that job offer, how you negotiate uh, for what you feel are your minimums that you'll accept for that position. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't negotiate once they're offered a position. And, and you really lose out if you don't do some negotiation. Um, and so this kind of tells you how to, uh, you know, step through that minefield mm -hmm. of negotiation without losing that opportunity. And then uh, we finally have a course on employment rights. It's not one of our most um, uh, most attended, but it gives you all those rights that you're eligible for, not just as a former military member or as a veteran, but what you're entitled to in your jobs as far as what the law says you're entitled to. This is great. It really goes nuts and bolts all the way up. Um, Pam, do you wish something like this was available when you transitioned out? Oh my gosh. I did I did have something available. I went to a person who told me all this. Oh. But you know, nowadays you don't, there's not people that can, you know, tell you how to do all this. What I did was I took my book from tap and I it became dog-eared. 
because I flip through it all the time, but I really relied on what I could find in local resources. And, you know, it's just hard to find those as Marlene was talking about, mm -hmm. you know, what's available locally and it's not the same where you live, you know, what's available in Pittsburgh might not be available in California. So we really tried to highlight those topics that are the most um, important when you're looking for a job. Uh, and it's very, it's a very holistic, you know, set of workshops and all of them are available uh, online as well. They are. All are available online. And then, of course, in the classrooms where we have them, we have about 14 different metropolitan areas throughout those five original states right now. Mm -hmm. And they do the do them in classroom and they're they're on a rotational basis. And they're completely free. I want to like hammer that home. Anybody listening? These are completely free for all veterans. Zero cost as in nothing other than your time. <laughs> um, which, you know, everybody's time is valuable and you want to spend your time wisely. We think time spent on this when you're looking for a job or looking for a career or your next step is worthwhile. Marlene, uh, same question, you know, seeing all of these workshops available, um, you know, would, would it have been easier in your transition had these, had these been available to you? Oh, oh, definitely. There's no question. And being that I was in the position to share the information to junior, junior personnel, I would have been preaching this every day. Um, they'd walk into my office. I'd be like, okay, here's TAPS class. And here's after that, there's OBTT. Mm -hmm. There was no question um, about that. And I, I find this to be, you know, basically an opportunity in your community to embrace the resources that are there, to um, get involved with the veteran organizations that are in, in your community, because all of our all the ERCs, my, my counterparts, we all partner up with them. We and if someone needs a resource, we find out where to send them. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I just love about the, the the program. Its purpose, you know, ultimately our goal is to ensure our veterans have access to opportunities that lead them to meaningful employment. And if they need other resources along the way. That's why we're here. That's why we're here to make that connection. And, and it's important because a lot of the veterans don't know how to translate that military skill set into civilian employment. You know, mm -hmm. it's very important to know how to do that because veterans have so much to offer. You know, service men, men and women have so much to offer, but they just don't know how to articulate it enough to like make it relatable. Mm -hmm. to civilian work to the civilian workforce and that's what we're here to do marlene what would you say out of the workshops uh is is your favorite the one that you think every vet should take this one if they're going to take any of them uh marketing for sure is a big one i think mm -hmm. marketing is very important um marketing yourself knowing how to sell yourself knowing how to use the internet the resources available to us to find employment to to um Network, you know, so marketing is a big one. I will say though, I've sat through them all numerous times and every time I sit in one, I do learn, I learn something new. It's a very interactive classroom. Um, the, the participants, myself, the facilitator were so engaged that conversations change from workshop to workshop. New questions come up. Um, so new answers get found. So it's, it's a, it's a wonderful program, lots of opportunity. And I honestly think that there's not a workshop that's not, that, that's not beneficial. They all have some benefit. Um, even for those that may, they may already be employed. We have a large population of veterans that are underemployed and they don't know how to negotiate salary. Mm -hmm. I mean, we spent our entire career with a pipeline of training that got us promoted. It was a map. It was a mapped out process for us. We didn't have to negotiate our salaries. It really wasn't an option. But so we don't have those skills, you know. Mm -hmm. So some of some of our veterans are underemployed, or they're not getting paid for the amount of skill set they can bring to an employer. So mm -hmm. I think that one's a very valuable one too. The salary negotiation, understanding your value, and being able to translate it in a way that is um, productive. Who facilitates the workshops? Because I assume that it would probably be better for the veterans to have a veteran facilitating it because that sort of is, you know, a relatable face. 
and that's a great point. Most of the facilitators are either veterans themselves or their spouses or family members of veterans. Mm -hmm. We do have some that are non-veterans that are equally good, um, but they all are trained first in basic TAP. So mm -hmm. they know all of our basic uh, fundamentals course and then our two-day employment workshop. And then we also have a two-day career and credential exploration that they're trained on. And then they add those, I, those are, you know, in their tool belt, mm -hmm. along with the OBTT uh, workshops. And we also have transition employment assistance for military spouses and caregivers teams, uh, which is modeled on the same basic tap. Uh, Marlene, you mentioned sort of questions that come up in the workshops. Well, what would you say that, you know, the current servicemen and women that are that are transitioning out what seems to be their their biggest issue? What is their biggest challenge that they are facing? Well, a lot of them don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. You know, they they don't really know where to start. They're kind of it's overwhelming to think to think about it. Um, you know, and LinkedIn is, is something that a lot of us were are not familiar with. It's not something that we've some of us have ever had to use. You know, so it's it's really getting comfortable. Um, with being uncomfortable, I guess, you know, you have to figure out that way to, to just navigate those waters um, and then not feel like you're alone. Because we come from a, um, a network of people. We come from having that support our entire career, mm -hmm. right on base, available at our fingertips to kind of be let out to the wild and let out free to figure it out. And, and there's that, that emptiness, that, that separation of what we're used to. And I think that companionship is important. So um, a lot of the questions we get is, where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. You know, who should I talk to? How do I do this? Um, but the, it, they want to be engaged. They want information. And it's always questions about information, it always leads to another discussion. And it always leads to another resource or another organization that can step in and help us. And, and we work together. So, um, but it's definitely, where do I go from here? It seems to be, you know, that seems to be the, the question a lot. Like, okay, what's my next step? And, and we have a um, workshop for every step along the way. No matter where you are in your, in your career uh, transition, there's a workshop that would fit into that timeline. So someone hears this podcast, says, great, I'd, I'd love to sign up for this. Uh, what is the website that they can go to to find more information? And for those of you who may be listening for on the podcast side, we do have a YouTube version of this podcast. You can check it out on YouTube. Look up Scuttlebutt, OBTT. You'll be able to find it. Because uh, what I'd like to do is share my screen for the website and kind of just show everybody what they're you know, looking to expect. You know, it's, it's a really well done website, um, which I think that, you know, once you get in there, it's user friendly. Um, so we'll show it here on the YouTube side. But also, you know, let's, let's say the, the, the website for everyone, you know, who wants to look it up. Certainly. It's really easy. It's DOL for Department of Labor dot GOV for government slash OBTT workshops. And that will take you directly to the page that you're showing right now, Sean. Great. So when they go to that and that's a forward slash, uh, you'll you know start to look down. You know, for, one of the first things you'll see is a, a register for workshops. Um, as you scroll down, it sort of gives you more information about what is available. And we get into the select a location to register. And as we look here, we see California, Massachusetts, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas, and nationwide for virtual workshops. workshops. So if you're, you know, you're in South Carolina, you're in North Dakota, uh, you're in Alaska, uh, and you want to attend one of these, there is a nationwide virtual workshops uh, button to, to click there. And then as you continue to scroll down, you'll see the workshop descriptions. So we went over those sort of in brief uh, a little bit earlier here on the podcast. If you want a little bit more in depth about what each one of these entails, what they uh, cover, uh, that is all available here on the website. And, and here for uh, people watching on YouTube, I'll click on the Pittsburgh option. Uh, it's going to tell me you're leaving this site. Uh, but if you click on that, you'll be popped over to signupgenius.com. And uh, you'll see here that there is um, slots available. So uh, you'll see a date, uh, a location. Uh, Marlene mentioned earlier, the Goodwill. Um, there's Robert Morris University. There are times available. There is then the workshop that they uh, are providing. Uh, if there are slots available, uh, and you can click sign up and sign up for any number of these workshops over 
how far out does it go? I mean, on my web page here, it goes into August, um, but I'm sure it, it's a continuous rolling, uh, rolling registration, correct? Correct. It's continuous. We just work month to month. We schedule them based on the needs of um, of the veterans. If we know that there's a need for a specific workshop or and, or the um, request of the, the organization that's hosting, maybe they would like something specific, but we try to rotate them all through. So every, every veteran gets an opportunity to attend every workshop. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so that seems super user friendly. Once they register, do they need to have any other information? Their DD-214, their, you know, the driver's license, you know, what else do they need to register? All no, they, they need they is to sign up. Just sign, sign up. up. Sign up and show up. <laughs> that's it. So, that's super, that's super easy. Or as I like one YouTuber says, barely, barely an inconvenience. Um, barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs> um, and, you know, and is... I guess the virtual element to each of these workshops, is it a pre-recorded workshop or are you viewing the live workshop that's happening at those particular times? You're viewing the live workshop mm -hmm. with a facilitator who's live answering questions live. So it's, it's all live. That's good. Right? That's very important. That's, right. That's one thing we've all found with through COVID and throughout the last few years, you can do things virtually. True. Uh, so advice, I, I want to, you know, what is your advice on people transitioning out? Um, and, you know, should they hit OBTT first? Should they, you know, are they looking like, find out where you want to live first and then look at, you know, what you need to do? So what, what is the path and what do you, what do you advise? What do you recommend? Well, I would say if I was recommending, I would say we, every transitioning service member is going to be different. Mm -hmm. but they need to attend their TAP class. That's a requirement anyway. And then use that as the jumping off point. Oh, I didn't, I didn't really understand this networking thing. That's really new to me. Mm -hmm. Let me go to an OBTT workshop, um, either in person or sign up for a virtual. So I think using the, the TAP base curriculum as a jumping off point, you can never go wrong. Excellent. Um, Marlene, would anything you'd like to add? No, I just, I do believe that the OBTT after TAPS is, is very valuable, um, even just to connect, connect with the, the community, if, especially if it's local, you know, um, the virtual is not going to be at, at a specific location, you know, so, but if you know that you're going to, you know, Philly or you're going to, you know, <clears throat> Pittsburgh, you can connect with the ERC prior to, you can inquire about the program, um, and then you can set something up for when you return home. And you already have everything lined up and then it lets you get exposed to um <clears throat> the local community the resources and then get get settled get a you know finish your transition on active duty get settled where you need to be and then really embrace these um <clears throat> these workshops that we have available that are just you know there's not more i can't say anything better about them truthfully i mean mm -hmm. i wish Luckily, I, I found an opportunity and I work in a, I have a job that I'm passionate about and I found it right away after service, but not everybody has that same um, luck, I guess. So uh, if I, I wish this would have been around when I was still on active because I would have been telling everybody I came across. So it's a wonderful program and I can't wait to continue to see it grow and, and basically stretch across the nation. So the last question I have is uh, someone who is attending OBTT uh, it's not just the workshop. Are they also being connected with potential employers? Uh, well, they, we don't have employers directly in the workshops per se, but we show you how to find the employers in the mm -hmm. area. As you know, Marlene says, um, we have employment resource coordinators at all of the locations where, where we have physical presence mm -hmm. and they have connections to, oh, a myriad of resources. Some of those are directly connected to employers. Okay, so that exactly. just gets back, it cuts back to the networking aspect of this. You're Correct. attending you're attending a workshop, more than likely you're gonna talk with somebody who knows somebody and you know that's how you do it. Correct, exactly. whether we whether we refer them to the American Job Centers or a local veteran organization that assists with, 
you know, um, employment um, or, and there's organizations that we work with regularly on top of preparing them for different job fairs, whether it's, you know, recruit military or, you know, the local job fair um, in, in town. So, and those things will lead them to finding that employment because they're prepared and they're aware of it. So as we find out these opportunities for veterans to go out and find employment, we share that with, with the folks that attend OBTT. Excellent. Well, thank you both for your time today. Uh, just understanding more about this program, I'm hoping that anybody who listens checks out OBTT, uh, whether you're in city and go to an in-person workshop or attend one virtually online. I hope that it will help you uh, in your transition and finding the, the next uh, career goals and the next career path or your passion. Um, for our listeners, please like, share, subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube so you're the first to know whenever we release new episodes. And if uh, something rung a bell in this particular episode and you're like, hey, a friend of mine should know about OBTT, please share uh, this video with them or the podcast. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. You can always reach out to me, Sean, S-H-A-U-N at veteransbreakfastclub.org with any questions. I'd be happy to pass you off to Marlene, who I'm sure would be happy to answer any of your questions as well. Um, but uh, thank you both again. It's been a pleasure and an honor to hear some of your st uh, st service history. Um, we'd love to have you back on VBC. I mean, like I said, 56 total years of service uh, and we barely scratched the surface on on what uh, what you both uh, accomplished. It's just amazing. Um, but to thank you and I uh, hope to see you both on a future episode. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, thank you Sean. Thank you for watching this episode of The Scuttlebutt. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Tobacco Free Adagio Health. Uh, Tobacco Free Adagio Health has been supporting the podcast for quite some time now. We've been so pleased to be uh, supported by them. They are dedicated to reducing and preventing tobacco use and getting the word out about the hazards of smoking and secondhand smoke. They're all about health, so they want people to quit. Uh, they have classes, nicotine replacement therapy, and a popular quit line, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. They also educate people, children especially, about tobacco use from cigarettes, cigars, pipes, chew, snuff, and other nicotine products like vaping. And finally, Tobacco Free Adagio Health advocates for public and private policies that ensure healthy places to live, work, and play. You can learn all about what Tobacco Free Adagio Health offers at tobaccofree.adagiohealth.org. Or you can check out the two Scuttlebutt episodes that featured Tobacco Free Adagio Health. We had a wonderful representative come on to the podcast, talk to us about all the classes and therapies that they offer. Uh, it was one, two wonderful conversations. So I definitely direct you to both of those if you want more information or just call their free quit line 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Thank you again, Tobacco Free Adagio Health for your support.